today as we were looking through the, the scripture of Matthew 22 and looking through the verses where God gives us, where Jesus gives us this, this command to love God, to love him with our whole hearts, our whole minds, our whole souls, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. There was this word that kept ringing out to me as I was looking over the scripture. Consistency. Consistent. So what Christ was asking us to do, but to be consistent. To be consistent with aligning your heart, your mind, and your soul. To be consistent. Consistent isn't necessarily easy, though, is it? I remember one a few years ago after I had my second child, I said, okay, this is it. I'm going to take care of this physical body that God has given me. I am, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put myself out there. And I realized I had very little time to get that done. <laughs> and so I said, all right, what do I have to do? And where in my day could I fit in getting a good workout? I mean like a really good hour, hour and 30-minute workout in. And I looked and I said, yep, the only time where my children don't need me, everything should be okay, is about 5 o'clock in the morning because they're still sleeping. <laughs> so I said, that's it. That's the window. I am going to start working out at 5 o'clock in the morning. Wow. <laughs> that was early mornings. And as I started working out, I realized I really needed to have goals to keep me consistent. So I got a goal. I was going to deadlift 300 pounds. I did think that as well, that that was a little bit out there, that that was completely outrageous. But for me, that's what worked. Because every morning as I got up, as I looked at my, my alarm at 4, 4.15 and 4.30, yes, I needed three alarms, ask my husband, to get up, I realized I needed an kind of outrageous thing out there for me to stay consistent so I could keep going and keep being motivated to do it. And so as I started strength training and I started doing it, I eventually said, you know what, I'm going to need some help. I got a trainer. I got a trainer as well, and I, I downloaded an app on my phone. And I'm going through all of this, and I get to that day where I am standing in the gym I don't even look at the plates anymore. My, my trainer just would throw them on the bar. And he threw some weights on the bar, and he said, all right, hit it. And as I stood there and said, okay, great, walked up to the bar, took my stance, did my grip, chalked my hands up, pulled, pulled again, wiggled it a little bit up on my thigh, finally got it into a full stance that I could stand up straight with it, great, and then dropped it. And as I dropped it, it dropped so loud that other people in the other room on the ellipticals came in. <laughs> like, what just happened here? What just happened is I just pulled my PR of 295. I didn't realize it. It had taken me an extremely long time to work up to it. It didn't happen overnight, right? Because isn't that the thing with consistency, right? You start working out, and they say, all right, you do your whole workout thing, and you go and you look in front of your mirror, and nothing, right? A week later, you go back, you're like, great, I've been working out, and nothing. It's the consistency. So I stayed consistent with this weight 
lifting aspect, and I got to my goal of 295. And then I got injured. And someone asked me, they said, well, aren't you really upset that you didn't get to your 300 goal? And I said, absolutely not, because it taught me that I can do consistency very well. And here Christ is talking about being consistent with our heart, minds, and soul. So as I was reading through this scripture, I was longing for chalk on my hands and weights to lift. Because consistency is firmness of a constitution or character, agreement or harmony of parts or features to one another and to a whole. Staying consistent. Disciples of Christ, that's what we are called to do. See, during this time, disciples would give up their, their lives to follow. The disciples put down, left careers. Matthew was a tax collector and walked away from it to be a follower of Christ. To be a disciple is to do, to live, to breathe. Your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul is what the disciples gave over to Christ. And it's what we're called to do to take up his cross, to follow him consistently, to obey consistently, to love consistently. But that takes faith. Because in the first line of what Christ was saying, love your Lord, your God, if you take nothing else from the rest of the statement, you've got to have faith because you've got to believe that first, don't you? You've got to believe that there is a heavenly father who loves you dearly. And then you go from there. You take the aspect of trying to figure out and discern, but yet Christ is just saying, just be consistent. So as I was going through and looking at this, and this was many years ago, I came up with the phrase, some of you might know it. I see smiles already. Because for me to be consistent, I realized I needed to have something where my mind was constantly at, um, a mindset, as you would say, something that would become my mantra, something that I would say, I will call upon at those dark moments I will call upon when I need it the most. I will call it upon when someone else forgets that they too are a child of God. And so I came up with a phrase, happy and grateful. Because the first aspect about being happy is realizing that we are a beloved child of God. That we are loved that our human versus our faith perspective on consistency. See, our human aspect about consistency is everything will what? Change. We say it all the time, right? Don't worry, everything will change, nothing will stay the same. But our faith aspect about consistency is along the lines of, I will change because Christ is my constant. He is my consistency. Much of our happiness depends upon not only 
what we see, but more importantly, how we feel God sees us. The other day, my son got upset because he broke something in the house. Before I had even said anything, he had that initial kid reaction where he immediately went into tears. He was extremely sad. He's like, oh, mom, please don't be so mad at me. And that was the furthest thing. But isn't that kind of an insight of what happens sometimes with our relationships and how we feel about situations as to our perspective of how God's, our viewpoint of how God sees it, which is the farthest from the truth. There's a phrase that we, we say in and around called ghosting. Has anyone ever heard of the term ghosting? Right? You have somebody who is in your life, and then all of a sudden, they ghost you. They no longer call you. They no longer text you. They're not responding to anything on Facebook. Remember all the likes they used to put on Facebook? Nothing. They're quiet. They're almost like a ghost. I was talking to a friend of mine because I, I brought this up to her, and I said, what, what happened to you? You, like, fell off the radar. I said, you, you started, it felt like you were just ghosting me. And her reply back to me is, well, remember that argument, that disagreement we had? I thought you were upset with me. And I said, no, we were just talking about something. We had a, a difference of opinion. I said, I love you. You love me. I moved on the next day loving you. But she was still stuck in that viewpoint. Consistency of faith. Happy in knowing that we are God's children no matter what the situation and circumstances. Roman 8, verses 17 puts us this way. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Childlike faith is what we are called to do. Childlike faith. Become a child meek, submissive, dutiful, so that we can share, so that we can be a testimony. But that's not always easy being submissive, is it? It wasn't easy getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, or my husband would say 4.15 and 4.30. It wasn't easy, but I was submissive to it. It's not easy sometimes when Christ calls us to do something and it's so far out our comfort zone that we do what? We freeze. We overthink it. It's paralysis of analysis, as they would like to say. But we are to remember that we are children of God. Humanist pushes back for us to be submissive. I like to bring up the analogy of a really great quarterback. You might have heard of him, Tom Brady. There was an interview Gronkowski did a few years ago, and they were talking about him, and they said, well, what can you tell us about Brady, about your quarterback? And he goes, I can only tell you this, and I'll sum it up in a, a story. He said, I got to camp, and we were kind of hanging out and couldn't find Brady. Why? Because he was in the special teams meeting. He's not on special teams. 
And so as he was talking about Tom Brady, it's a realization that Tom Brady does everything consistent, doesn't he? It's what we bank on. It's what we cheer on. It's the moments when he's not consistent that fans get slightly upset. There were some chuckles. People nodded and agreed to this, right? Because you can say he's always consistent. Well, Tom Brady will also tell you I am cons- that he is consistent because he strives and he works at it every day. Everything is football-centric and performance-centric for him. Going to bed, what he eats, what he drinks, how he interacts with people, what he does and what he doesn't do when he's on the campus at Gillette. The fact that he goes to special teams meetings, he wants to know what every position does on the field, not just his. He realizes that in order to be great in his position, it's just a little, it's far beyond just being a quarterback. It's knowing all the other components. It's all the other little things that he has to do day in and day out to be his best. Imagine if we took that same ideology and switched it over to Christ. Christ Christ-centric. Day in, day out, are we mindful of what we're doing, what we're saying? Are we mindful of the things that we take in and put into our body? Are we mindful of how we interact with other people? Are we constantly studying and discerning the word and the scripture? I know, it's a lot. But it's consistency. It's finding where that little bit of consistency is to continuously move the dial. Tom Brady didn't get great overnight. I know, some, I know it's, it's painful to say that, right? There was a process for him that he had to go through. He didn't start, in, start out as an NFL football player. He started out on a Pop Warner team, correct? And how did he get from there to there? Consistency. We see consistency all the time within our, our lives. You hear um, just slogans alone. Duncan, if all I say is Dunkin' Donuts, what would you say back to me? Everything. Everything runs on Duncan. Even our marketing aspects understands consistency. The other aspect of being happy is the grateful part. Realizing that God wants what's best for us. I remember at one point when my children were younger, I was doing family daycare, and my husband came downstairs. He was upstairs. He was home from work. And as he slowly opened the door, he looked at me with this look of, I don't know what you want me to do right now, but just tell me what I need to do because I don't know if we could possibly take this anymore. What he was referring to was at that very time, I had six children downstairs. Two were under the age of two, and they were crying, more like screaming, in their playpens because they were hungry. I had one child who just got dropped off by her parent, and she was crying because she was missing mommy already, which made the other child, the fourth child, realize that she too missed her mommy and daddy, and so she started crying. And then I had the two other ones who were a little bit older who were now arguing and upset about something. One of them was my own because I hadn't fixed her hair quite right that day, so she was in tears. I had all six children crying, and here I was at the counter making them their breakfast. And my husband looked at me and said, 
what's going on down here? And I said, don't worry, everything is fine. And he looked at me, goes, okay, as he backed out slowly and closed the door. How many times of us or ourselves where we're in this season of we are just calling out and, and asking God and we're praying for him to help us, almost like the child who is safe and secure in their high chair, but their parents in the other room trying to make the bottle, right? And as a parent in the other room, we're con constantly saying, don't worry, I've got it, your food's on the way. But that child's still crying. Gratefulness is the mindset in the which to realize that, yes, even though I am going through this difficult time, God still wants what's best for me. He is still the constant. It's a difference between a complaining heart or a humbled selfless. Constantly offering up God our unconditional appreciation and loving him through and through. Changing our prayer position from an aspect of asking to an aspect of praising him and offering thanksgiving. A shout for joy for the Lord in, Palms, in Psalms 10. A shout to the Lord, all the earth, worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Know that the Lord is God, it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Thanksgiving requires effort. The, opp the opponent likes to disrupt us. In this scripture is what Christ was telling us. It's to be consistent. Knowing that we are happy and grateful to be consistently children of God. Outrageously consistent. Outrageously consistent reminds me of what character from the Bible, Ruth and Naomi. And here as they were walking and they were leaving and they were going back to Judea, Ruth replies to Naomi after Naomi had told her to, to go back. She was a Moabite. She doesn't, you know, you really don't want to come with me to Judea. I'm going back to my people. And Ruth proclaims to her, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Staying consistent, not only for ourselves, but for others around us. Talk about Ruth just wanting to stay consistent. I don't know, but I know that I have to serve and worship my Lord. I don't know where you're going, but I'm going with you. I am staying consistent. Oftentimes, we look at our, our faith as musical chairs. Right? This chair looks so comfy and cozy. I'd rather sit in this faith because it's easy. As opposed to sitting in the stool that has no support too high, uncomfortable. And that's where God's calling us to stand or to do or to move us. And we're just like, that's a little bit outside of my comfort zone. I'd rather be cozy and, and warm. When Christ was talking to love God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole mind, and to love one another, he didn't say anywhere in there it was going to be easy. 
Not at all. He didn't offer that up. He offered us this ability to choose, though, to make a choice, to be consistent, to acknowledge, to accept. Oftentimes, we we realize that we're in this game of life. But the biggest thing, it's like this game of life that we are in, it's already won. It's already over. The score is already up on the scoreboard. The outcome has been predicted. But we get back and forth of saying, I don't quite know if that's what I want to do. I don't know if I want to step out of my comfort zone. I don't know if I want to be consistent. But the great commandment is for us to align our hearts and our souls and our mind. Because see, God already sees you as forgiven. He sees you as being saved. And he sees you as having hope. When I started my weightlifting training and I got to 295 and I got my back injury, I realized that I could no longer go down that path, but I did realize, as I said, several things about consistency for me. A, I have to set numerous alarms in order to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's still a practice I do today. I find that instead of weightlifting, I shorten my workouts, and it allows me to have even more time for devotionals and Bible studies and reading. I realize that I like to be in a tribe I like to work out with other women, and I like to grow my faith, whether it's in Bible studies or small groups. I like to stay consistent, because for consistency, then I just, it's an automatic. For me, if you have noticed, happy and grateful just seems to spill out of me, doesn't it? Almost so that sometimes in meetings, people are saying, well, what's the over-under on happy and grateful from Alona today? It just comes out, it's consistent. Like Ruth, consistent. As Christ was asking us to be consistent. 2 Timothy 4.7 I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. None of that is possible if we do not stay consistent consistent, outrageously consistent faith. How are you stretching yourself? How are you finding places in your area to be consistently go-givers onto the kingdom? How are you discerning what consistency of faith looks like in your life? I welcome you to ask yourself those questions because it hangs on the great commandment. As Christ says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and to love each other as our This and here ends the testimony for today. We are happy and grateful to be the go-givers of this kingdom.